0: What's up, Geekscape? Is welcome to our brand new Geekscape, and we're here uh, on a very, very hot Tuesday afternoon in the heat wave of Los Angeles from the Z Hollywood Studios. And uh, yeah, this is Geekscape. So, we're going to talk movies, video games, comic books, and television. Uh, last week was E3. There's tons and tons of uh, news that came out of it, and we covered it on the last show. So, if you guys are big video game fans, hop over to the show from last week and listen about all the video game news. And if that's not enough for you, there's a two-part Geekscape Games podcast on the Geekscape Games uh, podcast feed. You can find it on SoundCloud, you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Stitcher, anywhere. And uh, Shane did a great job of having a two-parter. Uh, there's some audio issues on the second part, warning you, but the content is still really good and the information is good. That's where I get all my my video game news is uh, from the Geekscape Games podcast. And, you know, it's frustrating though sometimes. I do hop on, on Facebook and who, whichever hosts said the wrong facts are the ones that get the Facebook post from me that's like, hey, listen, guys, technically that was incorrect. But then Shane hits me up and is like, let me tell you what a teraflop is because you sounded like an idiot on Geekscape. So you know what? We're not perfect, but we are passionate, and that's the way we've been for several years. So if you enjoy Geekscape, go ahead and leave us five stars on whatever podcatcher you use, and uh, that really helps us out. Write a review. Be like, hey, these guys are idiots, but they're passionate, so I love it. Um, this is Geekscape, and we always have a guest. Kenny Craig is out for a family emergency, but you know, I love Kenny. But I think Brandon Easton, our hey. good friend and uh, prolific writer, is uh, is a good enough guest. Um, what I love about Brandon is he's always he's always writing. Mm. And not only are you always writing, but uh, and this is a good episode if you guys are into uh, comic books, if you guys are into cartoons, if you guys are into television. Uh, Brandon is just a very prolific writer and I I don't know if I first met Brandon from a convention because Brandon at every convention throws a, uh, he always has a panel about breaking into the industry as a writer and uh, it's a very popular panel, right? Because I think a lot of people go to conventions looking for Mm -hmm. that foot in the door. yes You've done such a good job about always consistently creating that panel Mm -hmm. and then what's amazing about it is when you started that panel I think you'd you know you'd written some comics you'd had some success with it you'd you'd gotten a cartoon gig or two right and really you were talking from this very nascent part Mm -hmm. like this nascent kind of place professionally right and then over the years of you and i knowing each other you started adding the gigs Mm -hmm. and we're going to count them down transformers (laughs) for idw which is a cool comic book gig uh
1: did you do some dc work no, I had pitched DC pitched for almost DC. a year, Whoa. and okay. nothing came of it. Hey,
0: hey. don't get angry. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, they're, they're going through a rebirth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this week, he's got his, I think, first Marvel story being published? Yeah, tomorrow. And guys, that if you're in a comic book story this <clears throat> week, uh, as of this recording, Civil War II, which is the huge Marvel event, mm-hmm. Brandon's a part of it. He's got this Civil War II choosing sides, which is uh, like uh, what happens to some of the characters do they pick I don't know if you guys are following Civil War 2, but mm-hmm. the teams are Iron Man and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. who's falling in which camp right, right. and yeah. he wrote one of those he's also uh, the man behind the mask for idW that's the new mask series based on the uh, popular like cartoon and toy series from when we were kids in the 80s. Uh, it's a big Hasbro product so it is part of that Hasbro verse over at Paramount that you guys hear about. Um, and this is really, really, really cool, and this is kind of how I know uh, Brandon even better is because we both wrote for Lion Forge and at the time, Brandon was writing the Andre the Giant book mm-hmm. that has now been optioned as a film. Yes, it has. A feature film yes, based on has. your ad, your biography, yes. your, your graphic novel biography of Andre the Giant. Yeah. So, you're, I mean, I know you as a wrestling fan, yes. but if this thing hits the screen, they're going to look at you and be like, you, with the blessing of the Andre the Giant's family... Like, wrote the definitive, like, telling of his story. Pretty much, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. You're pinching yourself about that as, like, a wrestling fan.
1: Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, the, the trick is is um, the adaptation, you know, it was, a, it was a work for hire, so it it's not like I... Define it, no. You know, yeah. I, um, I'm not really benefiting tremendously from the optioning. Sure. Because I was just a work for hire, but the trick is that so much of my background... As a wrestling fan, being you know from the mid-Atlantic region, being able to grow up with both Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, and uh, you know old-school WWF, I was able to bring all that into it. Right. So I didn't really have to do too much actual research on the wrestling side of it, but I got a chance to talk to Robin, who was Andre's daughter. Robin Christensen, and she gave me all these stories. The and personal
0: I'm, aspects. Yeah, and yeah. also
1: his lawyer's, I think it was his lawyer's son, who mm-hmm. also handles some of the stuff in the estate. He gave me a ton of stories that, were, that have never been told to anybody other than the people who participated. So that was a core part of writing that, uh, um, that graphic novel biography. And it was the first nonfiction graphic novel I ever wrote. So, wow. yeah, it's not something I've done. and
0: that's available a lot, through Lion Forge you know? still, right like hey, Lion
1: Forge yeah. just got I think the rights back, so they've republished it and it came out again sometime in May. Mm-hmm. So for those who have you know diamond retailer accounts and things of that nature or if they want to order it, I think you can now get it in mass from Lion Forge Direct.
0: and it also seems like something that would be really friendly to get it from like a brick and mortar store. Like, yeah. Hopefully, that's something that can end right. up in like a Barnes and Noble's.
1: It, it, it is. Yeah. It's while we, you know, know yeah. while we have Barnes and Nobles, right, right. <laughs> which is crazy to well, me. Well, you know, independent yeah. stores are making a comeback. In
0: Amazon, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what you, you yeah. see these, you know, you see these listings of these giant brick and mortar stores where a lot of us discovered comics for the first time on the right. spinner racks.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: And uh, and now they're all kind of going out of business, and you're like, okay, where are we get? Is this the online market? Like, where are we getting these things? And you start to find out that the independent stores are coming back. Yes, they are. Is, is, are we becoming vinyl? Is it because the numbers are coming down in publishing? Or is it because, I mean, are the movies working at all to, to bring in an influx of readers? I mean, I don't know.
1: I mean, young adult is having right. a, a resurgence. I mean, I always talk about on the panel you mentioned, yeah. you know, there are three general uh, uh, genres of, of novels that never stop producing new talent. And that's uh, romance, okay, science fiction, and the third is erotica. Those three are constantly in the search. Yeah, you write that down. Um, those three are constantly looking for brand new talent. Okay. And young adult happens to kind of encompass all of that. Even the erotica, that's improper. <laughs> but you, you're right we, you know what I mean uh, yeah. those, We're talking 30 about like shades of hunger games but I'm just yeah, saying you uh, know.
0: 30 shades of twilight hunger games <laughs> the much. hunger for the twilight of the werewolf and well this, see
1: that. young adult is all about the deferred action like you want to have sex in them but mm-hmm. you, you know they get to that point and it's all that like heavy petting kind of stuff but yeah you know well, but it, it's kind of all I don't three think, as I was a young you adult know. I don't think I was petting anybody else <laughs> That's the problem. Okay, that's a whole different ballgame. (laughs) But, I mean, Judy Bloom kind of started that role. And then she shifted over into adult storytelling. Right. So they've kind of followed that. So you have science fiction, romance, and erotica are the ones that really blow up. But then it's like Barnes & Noble has become a place. I used to work at the Barnes & Noble at the Grove, so I know this. Yeah. People go there, and they read it like a library, and they walk out whereas with the indif- with the independent bookstore you have more of an incentive to support the person because that person who owns it is probably at the door right. when you walk in they're probably behind the register right. so and you and you feel a sense of contributing to your local community's economy right you know whereas Barnes and Noble, you never, you know, who knows where that money goes?
0: I've never met Mr. Know? Barnes or Noble. Yeah, I don't. Ever. <laughs>
1: it's like Bottles like and James.
0: Yeah, I've never met those guys. But, I mean, you guys, or ben and Jerry. if you're listening to this, you know Brandon now. So, all I'm telling you is, uh, I think the Andre the Giant book is very unique. I think the yeah. artwork's fantastic. I think he did a fantastic. great job
1: Dennis Medry. telling it. Yeah.
0: So, you know Brandon now. He's standing at the door. And it's go beautiful. go pick it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you guys are watching this on the video feed, the uh, Andre the Giant artwork, I think it's awesome. It's
1: Dennis Medry. This guy is astonishing. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um, so what about the Marvel book? Like, is this yeah. Marvel thing that comes out this week, like, yeah. how'd you get that, gig?
1: Man. <laughs> how'd you
0: get that? Because well, here's the one thing we also didn't know to, uh, right. mention. Uh, Geekscapist, if you were watching uh, Agent Carter on ABC, the second season, Brandon was a writer on that show.
1: Yeah. I wrote episode seven where um, Anna gets shot. Mm-hmm. So that was one of that. That was like the biggest moment of my entire career, getting hired on Agent Carter. You know, and I'm still... You know, the show got canceled, unfortunately. I'm still waiting to get Thanks, my Geek next scapes. gig. Thanks yeah,
0: right. a lot, Geeks
1: <laughs> But uh, right now, I, no, I'm not staffed right okay. now, so I'm a little bit like, uh, this is the first time I've gone through this process of network staffing. Can it's I crazy. ask you something? like, yeah, sure. Because
0: like, I'm doing the same thing as a director. like I'm meeting with showrunners, right? we're exactly. doing the breakfast, and guys, if <laughs> yeah. you need a recommendation for great coffee shops here in LA, just ask me.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, right. The and, water bottle like, tour.
0: Okay, so you're obviously there right. as a writer. I'm obviously right. there as a director. Um, how's the conversation flow in those situations? You know what I mean? Like how's the ice broken? You
1: just hope to get along with these people and that well, if, I, they, if, they, if they think of you, they put you in the room or not? Well, what I'm learning the hardest way possible, I had a crap load of meetings with executives. Right. I haven't met with showrunners, but I met with like everybody but the showrunners. Okay. And what I found out through trial and main, well, it's no error because I didn't make a mistake, but just not getting the job is somebody needs to make a call for you. Yeah. And I don't know enough people because I didn't come into the industry through an agency. I, I was never an assistant on anybody's desk. I came in through the ABC writing program. Mm-hmm. So my circle of contacts is relatively small compared to some people who've built it. you know, come through for 12 years. Or and whatever. I've grown
0: mine out of, you know, and, I, and for the most part, I've grown mine out of Geekscape. Exactly. Right? Been right. like, oh, mm-hmm. come on Geekscape. And then, oh, you got mm-hmm. a gig on that show. Congratulations. Right. Let's grab right. breakfast. Exactly. And then I'll be at breakfast and be like, so. Oh, you want to see a video of me? <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> You're real. Yeah, exactly. yeah. do you want to see a video? Before right. Geekscape, I was at a friend of mine's place uploading. He's got this crazy high-speed internet where I think like the local Time Warner branch like gave him some promo and then never canceled it. And then he was paying. Wow. He, they never canceled it. Wow. And I, lo- I did that speedtest.org on, right. at my right. house, right. and I was like... Yeah, I can't upload pong on my computer,
1: right. like, <laughs> and
0: I've and I've got to upload my all my real pieces. <laughs> three megabits an hour, right? <laughs> and I was like, this sucks. So I right. I literally went over to his place and I uploaded three things in 20 minutes, and it's not fair. was like, this right. is awesome. It's totally worth the drive oh. down the street for mm-hmm. 20 minutes of upload, whereas it would have taken me overnight. And then I have to apologize to Laura and be like, yeah, the internet's
1: kind of not oh. working right now, and. The, right.
0: I'm uploading my reel because I have a meeting and uh, I want them to see my stupid. But that's the trick. You You got to do it.
1: You got to have somebody. Well, realistically, you got to have somebody make a call. So I'm trying to figure out how to expand my circle of contacts to work. I burnt off every favor I ever had over the last three months trying to get a job, and it didn't work. So I have to figure out a brand new way of getting a TV writing gig. This is what we're gonna do now. But we'll get back to no, no. This is what we're we're gonna do,
0: Brandon. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know those people who like subscribe to the breakdown services? They're actors, and they act as their own managers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, breakdown (laughs) services, Geekscape is is something that here in LA that you have to be a manager and agent to subscribe to. And every morning. Casting directors put out this right. list called the Breakdown Services, and right. it has a definition of, it has a description of every role that they're that is being cast at the moment. So TV shows, movies, and to subscribe to Breakdown Services, you need to be an agent or a manager has some kind of license, right? right? I but I know actors who have gotten Breakdown Services by paying a manager, or an agent who wow. has a license, and been like, hey, just email it to me. And then they're then charging their actor friends to get it from them, and they have this whole business going on That's crazy. where they're submitting each other. Pretending to be managers are submitting each other to break down services just to get auditions, which, hey, if you're an actor, it's cutthroat. Right. I'm all for it. So I'm going to make an alias and make your phone calls. <laughs> you are going to make an alias and make my phone calls. i right. like, you got to meet with Brandon Eason. He's right. the greatest. I saw him. You know what? Forget <laughs> sliced bread. This guy right here.
1: And I'll make your the phone The problem code. is I have an agent and a manager. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, well, yeah, yeah. But you just said the three months you were going yeah, to the Sahara. Yeah. Yeah, all right? Much, what I'm telling you much. is, hey, listen. You know what? They're doing fine. All right? I'm sure they're making the phone calls. All right? But are they making the sale? Mm. All right? That's what I'm promising you, Brandon. Right. He's right? like, you guys ever heard of Brandon Easton? You may not have heard of my office, <laughs> but I'm the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Brandon, I'm the new guy in town. In town. And uh, I see you've got this project you're trying to set up. It's doomed, but I know how to save it. Right.
1: Brandon Easton. Here you
0: go. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm working on the voice, maybe a cool name. You know,
1: Dirk McCallie.
0: Yeah, but I do, I'm making the call. Dirk McCallie calling. Yeah, that's Could be, yeah, yeah, no, it's not gonna work. I need something like.
1: Flint, I don't know. Flint steel.
0: Flint steel sounds like I'm gonna <laughs> bang them. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't help but notice the voice of your secretary as I called. And uh, mind if I drop into your office? Uh, yeah, he yeah. sounds. It sounds like a porno. <laughs> uh, no, we'll but, find it. We'll find it. Yeah. And we'll just make it. Yeah, we'll just make
1: phone calls yeah, for each well, other. Why not? But, so the Marvel game, <laughs> Yeah, this is what, well, basically, there's a writer named Brandon Thomas, who right. is a, a good friend of mine. He's worked at Miranda Mercury, worked on a bunch of stuff. He has a new book out coming from um, Skybound called Horizon. Okay. So he knew this editor named Chris Robinson over at Marvel, and they've known each other for some time. And I was like, look, dude, you know, I, I, I'd love to work it, because you know, nobody yeah. who I worked with at any point, who was connected to Marvel wanted to introduce me to anybody at Marvel. It's fucked up. You know, and because yeah. the thing, here's the thing: I would have made that phone call. I been like, no, oh, I know. No, but ever, the trick is, is I meet people. Like you ever I'd heard of Brandon Easton? And I'd be like, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, I just need to know the name of yeah. net- editors. Yeah. You know, and people, no one ever wants to help you. So anyway, so Brandon actually reached out and said, hey, look, I know Brandon Easton. You know, he has, you know, just talk to him. Just Your you eyes know. are nominated. I know, but to, to a lot of people, that doesn't matter. Okay. Because they don't want to share their connect. Whatever. Yeah. It's cool. So anyway. So, Chris said, well, look, every, the way that you really make any traction at Marvel or DC is you you pick a D or C or B level character and come up with a really cool way of reintroducing him to the population, to the okay. audience. So, one of my favorite characters in Marvel history is Night Thrasher. You know, I didn't really like his really early appearances, but I really loved what Fabian Asienza did with him with New Warriors. He made him a really cool character. And Marvel, had, for a brief time, Night Thrasher was one of the hottest characters in Marvel in the mid-90s, early 90s. So... He was dead because he died in the first, sometime around the first Civil War. And then um, Al Ewing brought him back in the Contest of Champions miniseries. Okay. So I said, look, you know, now we, he's back, so let's uh, do something with him. So I, I came up with this whole idea of sending Night Thrasher to different – I can't okay. talk
0: about it. Uh, well, but
1: the trick is that yeah. he is in the choosing sides, and in the story that I wrote, he's going to choose which – a Marvel hero to follow either Tony Stark Iron Man or Carol Danvers Captain Marvel right. in this brand new, crazy, uh, very very minority reportish kind of story.
0: Well, guys, we're going to pause real quick. Stage 90 here at Z Hollywood. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more, more about Marvel. We're going to talk a little bit more about writing comics. we got to get some mask information out of this guy. Absolutely. And uh, I, I actually loved the Warcraft movie, and I'll tell you why when we get back. I still haven't seen it. We're here on Geekscape. Hang with us. We'll be right back. We're back here on Geekscape with like the epic, mu- like this music is bombastic, that epic music. I feel like Lord of the Freaking Rings up in this. Is it Warcraft? That's a, yeah, Warcraft. I'll tell you why I watch Warcraft. So I what Okay, so there's a heat wave going on in LA, Geekscapists. It's
1: ridiculous, man. Uh,
0: yeah. Yesterday Jesus I Christ. was. I got in my car uh, after working in a I was working on a script and I get I, I met with somebody and then I walked to my car and it was 116 degrees.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I was, I mean my ass peeled off when I got out of my mm-hmm. car. It was brutal. And so we've just been trying to escape this heat wave. And one of the popular ways to do it is by going to the movies and I saw Finding Dory. Finding, How was it? Uh it was good. They find her, but she's dead. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's cute. I think we have a review up on the website. Uh, if you guys are at geekscape.net, we have a review, and I think J- Dave Traverso wrote a really good and fair review as to why the movie's really good and why some of the movie is, you know, got some soft spots to it mm-hmm. where I'm like, eh, it was cute. Uh, it, not a lot of people do it as well as Pixar, but you know what? Right. Disney animations has been bringing the heat with stuff like Zootopia and uh, I thought The Jungle Book like, some of my favorite movies have been Disney, uh, and Dory's good, um, but man, the bar's set so high with Pixar that the real unfair thing is that you're comparing it to all the other Pixars, including mm. Finding Nemo, which is awesome. I want my Incredibles too. That's the one I'm holding out for. Isn't that in the pipeline? It is in the pipeline, mm-hmm. and I'll be there opening day. So we went to see that, and mm-hmm. then Sunday rolls around. We'd already seen Finding Dory, and Laura... Had been shown some interest in Warcraft, and to me it was like kind of a curiosity because i just heard all the negative reviews of it. That's
1: all I've heard. Right.
0: There's nothing but negative reviews, and then you hear the story about how it made a kajillion dollars opening weekend in China. Uh, it fell off a cliff the following weekend, I hear, but it mm. made a ton of money. And I love Duncan Jones. I think he's made some great movies. So I'm like, okay, the guy who made Moon, I'm gonna give him a shot and it's hot as hell in los angeles and i gotta get out of the house Hmm. so we go to see warcraft because it's playing whatever and the movie starts and i'm just anticipating like being miserable for an hour and a half two hours but seeing some cool shit seeing some cool fantasy stuff and right from the get-go the movie moves with like a clip and it it really is a fast-paced film it feels like It it doesn't feel like it's truncated through editing. It feels like the movie is just aggressively uh, throwing you things, but it's not information that you can't digest. And it has a lot of ground to cover. It's immediately covering... Because I didn't know any of this stuff about how Azeroth is where the humans live and the orcs actually come from a different dimension. dimension, And their planet is dying because it's pretty much dead because this uh, this magic that they've uh, been seduced by has warped the world, and so mm-hmm. what What the orcs are doing is looking for a new world to uh, conquer, and so they, they they suck the life out of these people and use it to power this gate, which then can let them into Azeroth, mm-hmm. where these humans have had peace for years with these elf races and magicians and stuff, and these orcs invade, and they want a new, basically they knew, they want a new place to, to be able to, to, to conquer, and at the heart of it are these orcs who are like, what we're doing isn't right, and we've been perverted by this chaotic evil magic. And uh, and so there's a lot of character stuff in it, and what I like about it is it's not shot traditionally. There's some stuff in here that is like POV. There's some wonners uh, There's some mm-hmm. upside-down shots. There's some cool stuff because it, I think Duncan Jones is a great vision, and the script isn't bad, the performances are, aren't bad, and the imagery is awesome, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a fun movie. I went in there with very low expectations and I went in I went I walked out absolutely loving the movie and being like I've never played a second of this game series and I loved it hmm. which was a very pleasant surprise. So Okay. There that there I, I mean, now you're gonna go see it and be like, All right, Jonathan loved it. I can't wait to love this <laughs> piece of shit But but no, stay optimistic, I think. I don't know Geekscape, mm-hmm. but some of you've probably seen it and you might disagree with me, but stay optimistic and in in the other thing is just fall back on your love of fantasy. Mm-hmm. As I'm watching this thing, I'm thinking about how much I love Game of Thrones, how I grew up on Dragonlance novels. Yeah. And here I'm literally watching wizard battles and all this amazing imagery and, and it's just reminding me of those Dragonlance books and being like, hey, if I ever got a chance to make a Dragonlance movie, like this is what it would look like. Mm-hmm. And I think Duncan Jones takes it beyond the level that we've seen before in like, in in respect to the old Dungeons & Dragons movies from a few years ago, where maybe mm-hmm. the filmmaker wasn't a genre guy. Maybe he didn't right. come from that place where you embraced either the game, the source material, mm-hmm. or the, the the genre. Because I think, I think if you're going to approach this, I mean, as somebody who ad- does adaptations, we, yeah. we'll talk about Mask, and we did talk about Andre, it's like, you really have to love this stuff, or... I you, think I think the the lack of respect
1: a, is going to seep <clears throat> into it which is what happens with a lot of these um translations where they get people you know one of the reasons I decided to move out to LA to begin with mm-hmm. many years ago I got tired of reading uh interviews in Variety and Hollywood Reporter where the filmmaker or screenwriter would say, yeah, I'm not a fan of the material, but I tried to bring it. the best. But I'm, and I'm like, no, you, you, you should stop right there. Mm-hmm. If you're not a fan of the material, you're not going to bring a whole lot to it. Mm-hmm. There's very few times, I mean very few, where I've seen someone approach something from a completely different angle and make it pretty cool. Right. Generally speaking, if you don't give a crap about it, it's deeply. I mean, because J.J. Abrams is not a fan of Star Trek, but the 2009 Star Trek came out pretty well. I like first it. Year. Yeah, I really not, not into it. darkness. And but, how sad you
0: know, about you know?
1: Uh, Anton, you can rest in peace. That is you know? super That's sad. Insane, you know, and I really liked him a lot. You know, he's, he's incredible. Part, you know, I, mean, he, he, I just
0: uh, I had just seen Green Room,
1: mm, right, which is right, phenomenal. Right. 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 And That's the one with the, the crazy Nazi guys, and the, and they put the lock everybody in Picard. the room. Picard. Yeah, Picard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, the biker gang. It's, Green Room is fantastic. Right, yeah, yeah. Geekscape is. I think it's but out yeah, of the and you know, now. Go and, see it. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'd read that so many times from so many screenwriters about how I'm not a fan of this, however, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, come on, you know. And I mean, I'll give Warcraft a shot. I mean, I wasn't going to see it. But I mean, based on what you say, I'll try to catch a matinee at the Art yeah. Light or something. I caught and, a matinee, know, we'll and,
0: and I just kind of chilled out yeah. and said have the fantasy wash over me and it, mm-hmm. and it was fun it's cool to see orcs and things like that and right i see a griffin and laura turned to me and she goes that's a griffin right like the
1: lion head and, and a go, bird eagle, body Wow, an
0: eagle head and lion body oh another way around yeah. and i One was like those. i was like yeah and she's like i knew that and i was like cool i've had a good I've, got, I've had an effect of on you over the last decade mm-hmm. um so now you're adapting mask yes And what's been the challenge to that? Were you actually a fan of Mask? Yeah. I mean, because I know Transformers. Dude, when I saw your name on a Transformers book, I was like, and no one should have a name on a Transformers book ever again. Because you love Transformers. I do. And I'm trying not to say how much I love the new Voltron series on
1: Netflix. (laughs) Have you seen the new Voltron (laughs) series? I've watched the first eight episodes. I haven't finished it yet.
0: I fucking love it. Yeah, I see. I know nothing about Voltron okay, going he, see, in. I mean, I know I what Voltron. I think that helps is. not to
1: know a whole lot about Voltron. Yeah. yeah. My, Sorry. The only thing that bothers me, and no, okay. everything was cool with it. I do like the direction. The 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 music is horrible. Oh, okay. If the original Voltron's music was epic, is oh. epic. If you go online, so it's like Transformers it's
0: and taking getting rid of the Vince Nicola stuff. Yeah,
1: basically. Right. And, but the but the music is so integral to the Voltron legend. Okay. That when you see them form, you're waiting for that moment. <gasps> And oh, they no. took the music out, and I'm like, oh, you, you're, you're oh, missing the Voltron theme.
0: I'm glad I don't Every, miss it. Oh, no, that's no. the trick.
1: The show is great. Legendary Defender is a triumph for it's what so they've well done. It's so well written. Right. And it just moves at that's a clip. Particularly to all the I little stuff it. that all the little things that pop up, and the fact that they had like a, a Robotech homage. It reminds me and of it reminds me of Last
0: Airbender in the way that they're a like, little bit, you yeah. know what? Let's right. try this little flourish of humor, and right. let's try this other style, and, let's and be then it loud. gets serious.
1: And then it gets serious. I'm like, wow. And the voice acting is extraordinary. It's just that I wish the music was better. I would give it ten stars or whatever, you know. I give it ten out of ten. But I have to give it an 8.5 out of 10 because the music isn't there. Okay. The music just, like, the music they have no. doesn't work for me.
0: It's like, it's very, it's like, like ha, not, you know, it's like when you it's watching, like a Las
1: Vegas pool party music.
0: It's like, know? it's akin to watching Michael Bay's Transformers and being like, where is that Vince DiCola music? Yeah, well, I mean, Michael. Anyway,
1: so no, let's no, talk no, about. No, not You're yeah, working right now. You yeah. can't talk like that. No, I'm not saying anything.
0: Let's, okay. let's, let's talk about mask. mask. Okay, so the mask theme song. When I open the comic, I expect there to be a little sound recorder. When I open the music, I can't name the mask theme song. I don't know what
1: mask crusader I do. I remember that time fighting crime, fighting crime. See, yeah, that's it. Holy. Yeah. You just brought it back. Well, good. Finish now, the song. Right? No, no, no. Um, so, so it's actually four minutes long. But, wait, uh, the song is four minutes long? There's an actual four-minute version of it that was sung straight through. That's the mass side of the song and the Venom side of the song. I'm not who, kidding. And that wasn't Stan Bush or anybody? <laughs> I, was, song, I forgot dude. the name of the guy who did it because I actually do know this. I just forgot it. That's but there's fantastic. a guy who did it. And, anyway. I'm guessing so, if you Mask. know the
0: song, you walked into this project. As
1: a fan. Well, yes, but you asked me how I got it, and yes. that's how a story within it? itself. You went in there and sang <laughs> for it. You know, what happened is I've met the IDW editorial staff quite some time ago, yeah. and I had been pitching a variety of things to them, particularly I can't – well, someone yeah, I can't talk whatever. about. But eventually I had been really angling for Transformers because sure. that's what I would love to do. And they said, okay, well, some, so, you know, like a year went by and I got this email out the blue from one of the editors, John Barber. He says, look, you know, we're doing this alternate universe Transformers thing. you have any ideas? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I came up with like about five ideas. And the first one was, what if Optimus Prime survived Transformers a movie? Mm-hmm. You know, where he dies you yeah. know, and the Matrix is given to, you know, Ultra Rotam- Magnus. Yeah, which Ultra then, Magnus. And then Rodimus gets it at the end.
0: I just say um, Robert Stack.
1: Yeah, Robert Stack. I'm like, awesome. Robert Stack? I love but, Robert yeah, Stack. Yeah, he's right? great. And also, solve Mysteries is my jam. But anyway. So um, I did that. You know, some Hot Rod fans really reamed me hard online because I made Hot Rod kind of a jerk in it. But whatever. But Hot Rod was a jerk. That was his character. So, you know, some people... He was immature. Some people are stuck in 1986. But being stuck in
0: 1986 acknowledged that the whole point of that movie was at the beginning of the movie...
1: You're, you're from a logical Firm. perspective.
0: Optimus Prime dies <laughs> because Hot Rod was a jerk.
1: As an insane Transformers fan, there are fans within the community that go a little bit too far. And I used to be one of them, but I stopped. If he stays... A, if, oh. Yeah, anyway. All
0: right. So you then raised my ire.
1: Some time went by. It's like talking about you know Iron Man 3. But oh, uh, <laughs> so some time went by. And I get another email saying, look, you know, we're doing this uh, Hasbro comic book universe because, you know, there's also a Hasbro cinematic universe. Sure. And would you like to pitch some mask ideas? And I'm like, sure. And I was like, do we have to spell command with a K? Okay. Can I make that something? I was like, no, it has to be mobile armor strike, command with a K. Okay. So I was like, all right, because I changed it to something else with knights. Sure. You know, and I was like something, something, something nights, and I'm like that would make sense. And they're like, no, it has to be command. I'm like, all right, because Hasbro, it's Hasbro. Sure. Hasbro has the final say absolutely on everything, which is fine with me. They're
0: playing with their money. They spent like 16
1: million dollars. They bought it from Kenner years ago. I mean, whatever. They can do whatever they want, right? All right, agreed. So, um, I came up with this idea that to basically make it like Fast and the Furious, Mm. but in the Transformers universe. Okay, and because, does it
0: have to be part of the Transformers Well, yeah, because, because it's all, all part integrated. of it. I mean, it's okay. Transformers,
1: G.I. Joe, Rom, uh, uh, right. Action Man, and Micronauts.
0: And, and from yeah. the get-go, mm-hmm. the book isn't out yet, but from the get-go, mm-hmm. like a reader's not going to be surprised by that. Like You're not going to be reading like three issues in and then be like, wait, Optimus Prime's there?
1: Like, no, because um, IDW's you doing... You launch off of it. Right, IDW's doing the revolution. That's, the, that's, that's IDW's mega event that's coming oh. at, at the end of the... And oh, from there, they all splinter out. Right, now okay. it's not going to be a thing where in an issue of mask Optimus is just going to be walking around right. in the back no that's not going to happen
0: grocery but you
1: might see like a news report because in the current Transformers book Optimus has basically forced Earth into like the Cybertronian council so mm. part that part so the storyline is called All Hail Optimus because the original old storyline was All Hail Megatron okay so All Hail Optimus is Optimus t- basically forcing the Earth to become a part of a Galactic United Nations sure. with or without our consent and concept. that will bring in all these
0: other it, interests that's kind of the things. trigger okay so
1: all this other stuff is going to happen, and Miles Mayhem, who's the bad guy in Mass, the leader of Venom, who will be the leader of Venom, sure. he's also a part of all this cool stuff that's going on. So in the middle of that, so I he came affects up with affects
0: the Micronauts. A... He affects things well, beyond that. Okay, oh, well, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So I, can, yeah, I can't I'm,
1: get too much into Well,
0: that. I'm right. just being a kid. And being no, like, that's okay. Oh, no, 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 it would be cool if
1: Link... Yeah, hey, well, right. it's a great sandbox. Let me put it like right. that. So I came up with an idea of changing Matt Tracker's story to where it fits and mm. people are flipping out because he's African American, people are flipping out because it's not exactly like the original mask. I'm like, look, you know, Hasbro has a plan. Mm-hmm. Hasbro and Paramount and all these other people they have plans. IDW has plans. So I have to come in and work with these people. I don't Hasbro as in has bro Ha ha!
0: No, I'm kidding, but, but uh, I get it. But the race thing seems to be but well, like 60 they, people got mad. Like that's the you know? lightning rod. Oh, it's only 60 people. Well, so far they have a not keep, much of a lightning rod, folks. Keep,
1: they have a keep Matt track tracker white petition. Oh Jesus! And I think 60 or 70 people. I don't know. The point being is that they've made a big deal about it, but no one really cares outside of this. Because Let's the thing hope is not. that. They're looking at it they're from a very busy trying to build that wall. Specific, right? Basically. But the trick is, they, there's, there's something that's going to happen in the story, and there's right. something about Matt's background that definitely lends him to being an African American character and definitely lends him to being someone who, he, who initially, he looks up to Miles Mannheim because okay. that's his name. His name's not Miles Mayhem. Okay. His name is Miles Mannheim. So. Uh, at first, is Miles right, Mannheim. Right, right. So him and Miles Mannheim have a, not a father-son bond, but it's definitely like a Yoda or Obi-Wan Luke sure. type of thing where, you know, he had a rough, like his father died. And he was susceptible. Matt dad died. And he was susceptible
0: yeah. to this kind of.
1: He's like, manipulated, emotional yeah, manipulation, manipulation. Right. Like there's a bigger story that's way more complicated than people. They say, well, he's, a, oh, there's another black character who's Seems a, a, a juvenile delinquent. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you you haven't read one letter of the script. Right. you haven't even seen the art from the one shot like just wait if you don't like it after that, God bless you at least you gave it a shot but sure. like all these people are like you know shooting their wide way too early mm. way too early and I'm sitting there like, look you're going crazy you haven't read anything you know you, you haven't read any you don't even know what you don't you don't, you don't even know yeah. what the one shots about right because there's gonna be a mask one shot that spins out a revolution you know so there's all this really cool stuff that's going on with mask uh oh. I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you. There's all this cool stuff that's going on with Mask that people don't know because they're only getting sound bites right. from the interviews I've given with Newsorama or Comic Book Resources or USA Today. Right. You know, there's so much more that I can't talk about because that's what it is. I mean, you, you, you don't tell everybody everything. You know, and I can't yet. And But right. I think folks who are concerned about the direction, I mean, there were people, for example, I'll give you a great example. I said something like, oh, the masks gonna be, the masks that they wear are going to be like exaggerated Google glasses. Now, someone read that and took it super literal yeah. and said, gonna oh, they're not going to be wearing masks. Be weird. I'm like, no, you idiot. It, it's, it's a figurative statement. Yeah. They're not yeah. going to be wearing glasses. It's called mask, not yeah. glass. Like yeah. G.L.A. <laughs> you know, come on. Right. But people but, but, it's like, it's like these. But the, I don't the technological. Get it. Yeah. Like, like it's going to be like readouts yeah. and really. But, I mean, I'm cool. not understanding this weird, angry, hyper sensitive fan overreaction before the fact. Right. If after the fact you read it and you have that reaction, then that's your. I mean, obviously you paid for it or you read it someplace. Fine. But you haven't seen anything. Just relax. Get a hobby. Girl. You know, I mean, I, I always <laughs> tell the story. I, I was such a Transformers fan at one point that I lost, like, friends because of it. I lost a girlfriend over
0: Hold it. on. Let, let me say Believe this story. It or not. Let's take a break. Yeah. When we get back. I'll tell that story. We're going to take a spot break. When we get back, you were going to tell that story. Because be it sounds happy like a to. good one. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about how Brandon plans to go into your house and find all your old masked toys in comic books and burn them. Replace them, them. with glasses. Replace them all. <laughs> all of your nightmares will come true as soon as we're back from this break here on Geek Tape. All right, guys? <laughs> That's awesome. The power, the day. All, All right, Geekscape is success. Mm-hmm. I've convinced Brandon to go check out a screening of Warcraft for free right after the screening, yeah. right after this recording. So, Geekscape is. You know, don't take my word for it. Just know that if you've listened to Geekscape for a long time, you may agree with me on some things. And go into every movie open-minded. I do that with everything. I, I do that with comic books. I do that with mm. video games. I, I, if I'm going to plunk down my dollars for it, I'm not going to do it expecting to hate the thing. And I think that the internet, as we mm. just talked about with Mask, is people investing in something with the hope of having an argumentative point. Mm. And that is a very, very hard way to live. Yeah. You know, so I'm fairly optimistic when I sit down and uh, and experience things, and I was very optimistic going into Rebirth, and I am just mm. going to quickly tell you guys how, how thoroughly I am enjoying yeah. Rebirth. I think it is Shockingly so much good. fun yeah. to read, and and I and, I'm, and I love that it's hopefully educating the rest of of uh, of the DC stuff because films included, because it's so much fun to read hopeful characters who want to be heroes, who, mm-hmm. who want to be part of a legacy of hope and inspiration. And, you know, at the same time, I just read that um, one shot that they did as part of the Dark Knight Returns for the Frank Miller stuff that John Romita Jr., um, uh, it came out last week, and John Romita Jr. did the artwork, and Brian mm-hmm. Azzarello and in Miller Oh yeah, Miller did How, why he
1: stopped being Batman, right?
0: And it was why he stopped being Batman, yeah. and it's a little bit of the Dark Knight Universe, Dark Knight Returns version of the Jason Todd storyline, and Jason being like too violent, and Batman being like whoa, there's a darkness in him. And I love it. I think Frank Miller still got it. I think this Dark Knight Returns, even though you can, what I'm saying is the current DC Universe with the uh, hopefulness, the stuff that Rebirth is a, is a reason for. Uh, the, the whole reason behind Rebirth is a 30-year-late reaction to what happened in comics in 86 with the introduction of things like Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen where mm-hmm. it started going mature. And I think we just got carried away. Mm-hmm. I think we just got carried away with comics aren't for kids and let's go grit and grim and... and, and for 30 years. And it's like, yeah. come on, at the end of the day, these are comics.
1: Books. Yeah. And we
0: love it. And I think that it's so... I think I think we, we, there's a, there's money left on the table when you make a movie mm. like Batman vs.
1: Superman and an 8-year-old kid can not enjoy it. I don't think a lot of people could enjoy it regardless well, of age. I mean, no, well, I, mean yeah. is, I I'm it's, a huge Superman tough. fan and I He's just the felt that I don't know how you mishandle Superman at such a astonishingly problematic level. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's not Superman's not difficult. Richard Donner provided a prototype, yeah. a archetype. Yeah. Just build off. I mean, you don't want to do Superman Returns. No. But you can keep. I mean, just keep the John Williams score. Right. I mean, changing the score and then making it this dark, plotting, Crimson Tide-esque sounding. I'm like, come it, on. Yeah.
0: Man. After being raised by the Kent, Christ. if there's one thing that he uh. is not still comp- contemplating, it's good. It's right. it's good right. versus evil. Like that is not a contemplation Clark has. Clark has a very strong, clear. It's very clear mm. code, and I think I think Bruce can 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 waver. I think Bruce can wonder mm-hmm. whether or not his approach is proper, which I think they did really well in the second Nolan movie, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know what, they have Harvey Dent. I'm gonna step away from this. Right. They, they have their knight in shining armor. Uh, I, my tactics aren't good, mm-hmm. and uh, and then of course Rachel, and he has to get back mm-hmm. into it. But uh, yeah, no. So so the DC stuff right now is just kicking ass, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm enjoying Civil War 2. And you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to be kicking my feet up because I'm going to be enjoying Civil War 2. Choosing sides. Choosing sides with the Night Thrasher story written by this man right here, Brandon mm-hmm. Easton. And, and there's a damage Scapist. control
1: story in you there too. You guys can read it too. Who and did that Fury. one? Oh, man. I oh, there's know. a Nick Fury one too? There's it's three It's three stories in there. It's a Nick Fury story, Night Thrasher, and there's a damage control story. Okay. So mine is smack dab in the middle. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, so here's the thing. We, we were kind of talking about like, the race reaction to and some of these characters and stuff. And then w- that led us to a story you didn't tell about how you lost a girlfriend over Transformers. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. many geeks have lost girlfriends over Transformers. I hate to tell you. Well, I'll tell you what it was. I was no this is what happened. I My was, wife
0: identified as Griffin.
1: I was a huge Transformers fan for many right. years. And then when I get to college, I basically grew out of it like every normal person, well adjusted. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so then I rediscovered Transformers in like nineteen ninety seven after being away from it from like nineteen eighty nine to okay. you know so i'm just like wow people still give a crap about this i found like all these websites this is like still doing like the shift you gotta from, dial in to Prodigy yeah well it was Online i don't know if you, AOL, you, you yeah. probably remember what when it was deja news groups you know like rec.arts.com Comics well, stuff like that and,
0: and i remember yeah. dialing into BBSs yeah, and, bbs's yeah it was BBSs right. yeah you so, dial in and right. you talk
1: to like-minded people right so th- this was doing Share affigee freeware <laughs> pretty much right so i found this uh website called big bot b-o-t Dot com. Okay. And it was like this repository of Transformers websites. And I was like, wait a minute, there's a repository? I didn't even know dude, there was one. Dude, you're, you're like so, Scrooge McDuck. Jumping right, jumping into, into like, that yeah, goal yeah, in without dying You were so happy <laughs> diving into a product. Yeah. Anyway, so I found this. So to, to fast forward, so I really got re-energized and I started really going crazy. So I started tracking down. Cause I didn't know there was a Japanese series that went on generation one Japanese sure. series that continued after the marriage. Okay, I must find this. So I went and so found it was like fan the untra- for fan. <laughs> yeah. Like copies yeah. And stuff. Yeah. So I spent like all this time and money. And so I basically emotionally tortured my girlfriend at the time I was living in Boston to just like accept the fact that I, I was a grown ass man getting way too angry and I got really mad well, what were you angry about, about well I was mad about Beast Wars because Beast Wars uh, season one had no connection to generation one which was my thing I'm a G1 okay. fan and I was like god damn it they should connect it and so fan outrage was so visceral that somewhere in the middle of season two you got two, wrapped up in it you were the oh, I was guy my, yeah, were I was the my, guy, I was the guy right. you were the Matt petitions fan. and stuff right Yeah. so basically so I was getting really mad that Optimus Prime was like a monkey he was like a gorilla and stuff sure. like that Truck, and I was I was I went too far. Right. So anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna fast forward a little bit more. So then, in the middle of the season two of Beast Wars, they reconnected to the original Transformers series, <laughs> and I got like really. So, so now there are two Optimus Primes. Yeah, because basically you found out that they the Beast Wars people were on Earth the entire time, oh, and shit. and the original crashed Autobot ship was right around the corner from them.
0: Nobody noticed
1: a, sh- a crashed ship? Hey, dude, I didn't write it. So I, no, the, the crazy thing is I met... But it's not an interdimensional fold or anything? No. Like, well, There, was some, yeah, there but, are literally yeah, no, two season... Optimus Primes. Well, no. Optimus Primal, the, the gorilla, oh. was actually a descendant of the auto... It's stupid. Okay, so and there's, there's a time thing. Yeah, it was some weird... So the point was that at San Diego Comic-Con 1999, I met the showrunner of Beast Wars. Oh, here we go. No, and here's the deal. Th- you th- got th- him th- in th- a corner. Th- so basically, so I was just like, look, dude... You know, can you explain to me all this stuff? And I was all like, you know, like full of piss and, and you vinegar, still had your mainly piss. Yeah. Well, yeah, things weren't great. At that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd <laughs> already eroded them to a point. Okay. So oh, no. I go up to his name is Bob Scare, or Bob Scare, Robert Scare. Mm-hmm. I go up to him and I'm like, I'm full of piss and vinegar, mainly piss. And I was like, bah, 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 bah. and he's like, look, uh, look get a life, Hasbro, First off. he basically said, get a life in the nicest possible way. Yeah. But he was like, look, it, Hasbro owns this. Yeah. This is what Hasbro wants. Sure. And this is what Hasbro gets. We listen to some of you. But we sure. don't listen to all of you, sure. and basically, it's a business. They are in the business of selling toys, and all this other stuff. Whether or not we do G1, they still will sell Beast Wars because Beast Wars toys sold like wildfire. Okay. Hence, you know, I mean, yeah. clearly, I yeah. mean, it's still around, sort of. So, what I had learned was that really, one, no one really cares. Like when you're in the writers' room, right. fan fan opinion is not something that comes into con- like comes into a conversation ever. No, you need to. You know, you need to,
0: you, Yeah, you need to. You know,
1: and I learned, and so basically, to...
0: I had like this. Because that's not a singular vision. That is a. <laughs> oh, right. That is a schizophrenic mess. M- insane. Like, right.
1: oh you know, I don't want to quote sure, Bill, sure. P- quote Bill Cosby, but he once said, you know, the secret. I don't know the secret of success, but I know the secret of failure, and mm. that's trying to please everybody. Okay. And the trick is that fan like ni- 80s, 1980s nostalgia fans are very particular group because I'm one of them. Sure. But it's just like you have to divorce the fact that people really don't care what you feel. It's about whether or not this company is going to make money. So for every guy like me who's outraged and pissed off, there's about maybe a million people who will still buy that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you do a million to one or really let's say 500,000 to one, you know who are they going to listen to? I mean, right. the needs of the man. I mean, this is. I'm not Spock. You know, it's like right. the needs of the many do not, you know, they outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Sure. So in this particular case, you know, the great majority of people who were going to buy Transformers or Mask or ROM or G.I. Joe, you know, G.I. Joe has gone through so many incarnations and people get mad, but it's like, look, you're never going to... 1983, 84, on. 85, yeah. 86, 87 What's will on? never yeah. come back. I had some great we experiences. Have those. They're on Blu-ray. is that emotionally, a lot of us, particularly the latchkey kid generation, sure. we grew up with coming home and we're turning on these cartoons on Saturday morning. We might not have had the emotional connection to our parents that previous generations had. So we supplement it with toys mm-hmm. and animation. And or, that's fine. Yeah, and especially or the with novels the new and Ninja and comics. Turtles movie. You know, right. some that Like Ninja Turtles is my thing. Yeah. Right. But the thing about it is that it's okay to have that. But you have to understand the reality. And I feel like there's this cognitive dissonance between our... Nostalgic feeling, feelings and the reality of business in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Hasbro is a multinational corporation, a billion-dollar corporation, and that, clearly they're doing something right. Right. They're doing a lot of things right in, across the board. And will
0: there be more mm-hmm. mass toys? Like I think know? so, I and hope I hope so, so because yeah. if that's
1: the case, and I've Help to <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. decide the course of new things, which way is fine. Awesome. The, then the brand the new generation, be, yeah. So and they will come right. packaged with Google Glass. Is that correct? The Google Glass, the, you right here. The mask, Google Glass. <laughs> right, but the trick about it is that I feel that uh, I think it's going to be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I fo- and I, I'm not going to disrespect the legacy of mask. I'm not going to disrespect the. Le- I mean, there's no T-Bob, who was a little right, like stupid weeble wobble looking toy, looked like R2D2. Wait, did, did you say there's you no uh, T-Bob? Yet? No, there's no oh, T-bob. T-bob does not exist in you, this you universe. Whoever writes the has... book after me can bring T-bob in, but I never liked to. The... I hate shows. What'd you say that guy's number was over at <laughs> I, Yeah, I hate shows that have T-bob. Teenage... You guys interested in a T-bob one-shot? <laughs> Somebody might do that once I'm dead and gone. Yeah. But as far as long as I'm working on mass, there will be no T-bob, oh. and I mean that 100%. You just, you just got a bunch of more tweets saying that. Probably, crap. probably. But no, the trick. So ultimately, I, I I got snapped out of it. First of all, when my when my girlfriend just stopped respecting me because I was too much of a yeah, like I was a geek for plastic toys. My Laura she got was me just like, you know, Laura got on, me a you know? men's
0: health magazine the other day. <laughs> 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 she goes, <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I'm laying there and she goes, yeah, we're grocery shopping and. Uh, Oh, you know, I thought you might like this article. And I forget what the article is. And and it was something... Like leaving the 80s behind? No, it was something... I forget what it was. It was something pop culture. Mm. But it was obviously from like a masculine point of view. And she's like, yeah, I thought you might like this magazine. Because my bedside is conquered by fucking comic books. That it's like, oh, you might want to fucking men's health act like a man. Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: so subtle things that women yeah. do to let
0: you know, like not so oh, subtle oh, anymore. Well, not
1: up, dude. Right. When
0: you're in but, the security of a six-year marriage, I think Laura's just <laughs> now she's just fucking dropping bombs.
1: She's just like, like stop boom. it, Boom. Stop. Oh, it. act like right. a man. No, right. we're not
0: getting those socks. Yeah. Or <laughs> bed sheets. Right? I, yeah, I bought Captain America socks yesterday. <laughs> and Did she, you really? Yeah, but I had to buy like three. Come on, man.
1: I'm sorry, I'm not laughing it was at only, you.
0: Hey, it was only. I'm just saying. But yeah. I had to buy like three other types, like grown-up stuff. Yeah, like argyle, maybe white. I think that was one of them. Black. Perhaps. So, you can't go wrong with solid white. Or but solid I got black, one. I ever. know I got some with with. No, it wasn't Kevin. It was like a Superman logo, and oh. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna wear these. Dude, and
1: did you see the like, Geek Ties? Okay, doctor. you will never wear did, me did, again. No, did you see the Geek Ties? No. They have these ties that are almost fashion, but okay. if you look closely, they're all geek symbols.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Well, Nintendo did a whole thing with Vans, and they did all these oh, Vans right. shoes, yeah, and, yeah, all, yeah. and I. One of them, them looks like a controller. Dude, I brought up the yeah. website, and I was like. Fuck yeah! Laura's like, fuck no! I was like, okay, so, maybe I'll just get the Donkey Kong so that, socks
1: because I can conceal them. So, I, so donkey Kong, right? It's like ladders. But uh, the trick. So basically, that's what got me out okay. of it. Once I got back to the East Coast after going to Comic-Con for the first time in 99 and having going to the Beast yeah. Wars panel. And I was determined to really give it to him. And he said basically you know? what you said earlier on the show just now. So right, it's like, yeah. yeah right. so, You've come so full it, circle. It snapped me out of it. And, and, I, and, I had to, and then I had friends who got mad at me because I was always talking. I mean, yeah. I, I was really bad. Like when I say I was bad... I mean, I, it's hard to see it now. There are hopes for you but but, passionate geeks listening right, to this. But there was a learning. point when I went, like, if, if, anytime I said a word that began with TR, people would, like, start to shudder. Uh. They thought I was going to say something about Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. So if I said, train, huh, Oh, <laughs> it's train. Oh, okay. It's just a train. Wait, know.
0: it's not, not even a train that train. turns
1: into a robot. Well, that would be Astro Yeah, Astro There <laughs> you go.
0: Well, um, listen, Brandon's gone full circle. He was one, you know what? He was one of you guys. He started out passionately just as a fan or maybe sometimes too passionately. Mm. And now look at him. I'm not gonna, you know, he's he's sitting here and he's helping uh, steer the ship of some of our favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. And dude, I do hope you land some of those TV gigs. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be nice. And I do hope uh, somehow they put some of that music back in the next season of Old so.
1: Legendary God, Defender, because so. that'd
0: be awesome. And I'm enjoying it. And I, dude, I hope you enjoy Warcraft. Um, but yeah. you don't gotta take my word for it. And you know, guys know how it is here on Geekscape. Brandon's gonna be at uh, San Diego Comic Con. If you guys are obviously visit the Geekscape booth, we're gonna have yeah. tons of fun and lots of friends. And I have there. my
1: panel Friday.
0: And this panel that we're talking about, Breaking Into the Business, Mm -hmm. he's going to have it uh, Friday. uh, Six o'clock. There's tons of stuff coming. So six o'clock on Friday, circle that Room 32 AB. I think I'm on an Adapting Television to Comics panel on
1: Thursday because of Miami
0: Vice, but I have to double check that. But Geekscape, the whole calendar will be up on geekscape.net, and if Brandon wants to make an appearance prior to his uh, panel... At the GeekScape booth, we can work on that, and we'll put that up on the website. So that's basically all the news that's fit to print. Uh, You guys can pick up the uh, Marvel Choosing Sides issue that's uh, on stands uh, tomorrow, this week. So Mm. enjoy that. And then, of course, the Andre the Giant comic. You guys definitely definitely read that one and be on the lookout for Mask. Uh, GeekScapists, we're going to be off next week, but the podcast will be back soon. And obviously, it's the road to Comic-Con, so we won't be away too long. Uh, Keep checking Geekscape.net, our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all that stuff for all this news. We love you guys, and we will see you next time. Take care.